This week's episode is sponsored by Smart Home. Looking to simplify your life? Whether it's planning your week or just remembering where your appointments are, Smart Home can help with that. They provide everything from personal assistance like Google Home or Alexa to automated lighting systems and security cameras like Ring for your home. Their products are affordable, easy to program devices that communicate over your home's existing wiring and over radio frequency signals. That means that your appointments are always remembered and that your house is always safe. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, you can use the discount code NERD10, that's N-E-R-D-1-0, at checkout for 10% off on their website, smarthome.com. You can follow them at Smart Home on Instagram and at Smart Home Inc. on Twitter. Hey, this is Sam Meyerson, and you're about to listen to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Ham. Thank you for tuning in to another conversation with a fellow creative. If you enjoyed these discussions, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay tuned when our latest episode drops. My guest for the season eight finale is a model and actor based in Los Angeles. You might recognize him from things like The Bold and the Beautiful, Roomies, or you might have seen him on TikTok where he has over 280,000 followers. We talk about how he went from soccer to modeling, his path into acting, and he gives some great advice on content creation. This is Sam Meyerson. Welcome to Pop Neural Lounge. My guest today is Sam Meyerson. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. Were you outgoing growing up or was that something that developed over time? No, I was pretty outgoing growing up. My, I, I don't know where it came from because I, I always hear stories about like my mom was like super shy growing up. But I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I was, I was always pretty outgoing and somewhat popular, I guess. <laughs> you know, at you, least I tried to be. I don't know. <laughs> Were you the kid that everybody wanted to be friends with? You had like your little crew. I don't know if everyone up. wanted to be friends with me, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had my my uh, small group of friends and stuff like that. I feel like I was always pretty nice to people, you know. Yeah. yeah. You played soccer for a long time I until did. you got an injury at nineteen. So what inspired you to go, you know, from being into soccer into modeling after the injury? Uh, it was my sister. Actually, was the the first one to suggest modeling. Oddly enough, I had not really given much thought to it just because I don't know. I was like. 1819 I just thought it was a strange career path. I don't know. I I I guess I just didn't really see it at the time that it could be lucrative and and actually a great business. So I yeah, she was the one that kind of said like, "Hey, do that," you know. Yeah, so that summer I got like a whole list of all the agencies in in LA and just started going to all their open calls. And one finally signed me. It was, it, I mean, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't as easy as one might think, I guess. Right, right. I was about to bring that up because I, I saw the TikTok, which we're going to talk about your TikTok in a little bit. But I saw the TikTok that you made about how you went to every modeling agency and just went to all the open calls. And I was going to say the attrition rate in modeling is incredibly high. And we all know the creative um, field is just full of rejection, but what kept you going whenever you would get a no? I don't know. <laughs> I still get a lot of no's. It's just knowing once I kind of set my sights on something, I have to finish it. And it's just, you know, yeah, once I decide that I want to do something, I can't, 
stop until it's done, which is kind of a blessing and a curse, I guess. So even even I was getting to the end of the list of, of checking out all the agencies and my thought process even then wasn't to stop after I had I just had the thought in a month or two to just redo all of them. It was never a question of like stopping, I guess. Yeah. Let's back it up a little bit. Were you a local Angelino growing up or like, did you trans- transfer? No, I, I was born and raised in Encino and then moved out to Agora Hills um, and then went to school out there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've always lived in LA. I love it here. <laughs> so jealous. I, w- I want to be there so... Where, where are you located? I'm actually in Oklahoma. It's an interesting place to grow up when you're a creative, but yeah, LA is the, the goal spot for me whenever I get there eventually. I will. I'm going to I, I, It's, it's pretty necessary, I guess, to either be here or like New York, depending on what you want to do. But it's just, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a necessity. In your little bio, you said that you made short films with your friends in high school. Is that where your love of storytelling began? Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I made ridiculous little uh, shorts. I took a TV production class in high school, and you could check out all this really substantial equipment. It was like the first year that they were offering it, and it was so strange that you could just check out like nice cameras and tripods and even like green screens. And then in the classroom, there was like great Final Cut Pro editing, but it, yeah, it was, it was a bit strange because it was like it was like my English teacher teaching the class. Like it was just the first year they were offering it, and I guess they just threw in some good money to it. So the teacher would kind of give kind of just bland, basic assignments of like do this like you know twenty second movie, and I was like, forget that. I'm doing a whole like short, and I made like a. I think it came out to be like 10 minutes or something like that. Basically, it, it, it was about my, it was like three or four of my buddies and me basically taking, this is so bad to say, taking psychedelic mushrooms and then getting separated. And then it was like each of our individual like experiences. Obviously, it was all fake and acting but yeah and then I showed it to the class and the teacher was like alrighty that was interesting <laughs> like, uh, and then I threw a big party and I f- showed it to the whole party and it was a big hit I, I, I still have it it'll never see the light of day but I, yeah, I still have that little film <laughs> maybe when you win your Oscar we'll like bring you out in the light of day oh, just, like, just as a reminder it's <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> it's funny but it's ridiculous <laughs> When was the moment that you knew acting was your passion? Pretty quickly after. I just, yeah, I just like fell in love with it once I started to get, I mean, somewhat, you know, good at it. I I, I guess we'll say it just, I just fell in love with it. I love storytelling. I love people getting to experience like, I guess, you know, weird to say but like emotions through my storytelling and stuff like that I I don't know it's just something I just always love that I I fell in love with it now people assume getting your break is easy which we all know couldn't be further from the truth is there even such a thing as a break I think there is but I think it's more so I don't think any actor has like one big break I think there are a ton of little breaks that people don't realize have happened before someone gets their big break you know with with certain actors they're like oh he came out of nowhere like and he got this like huge break it's like that dude or, or, or girl was working 
for 10 years and no one just knew who they were and then they got another good break after all their small breaks before you know but i certainly think there's there's definitely little breaks yeah yeah that, that's the way i look at it too because like the sometimes people make it sound like there's a pinnacle or like that's the peak and then you know what's after that but to me like you said there's many several breaks that people can get exactly because like you said that people realize it and they're like oh yeah that came out of nowhere but that person like you said has been hustling behind the scenes like an example i like to give it's from the music world but it kind of applies creatively lizzo people thought that she blew up out of nowhere with her single or truth hurts or whatnot. But the truth was she was like posting YouTube covers or whatever for years. And she was working on her music for years before potentially, you know, going on to performing at the Grammys and stuff like that, having billboard hits. And so, yeah, people hustle behind the scenes. We just don't know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How did you get into TikTok? (laughs) Well, to be honest, it probably never would have happened if not for uh, the pandemic. I was just waking up so many mornings with just like nothing to do other than just like, you know, you work out and then, and then what, you know, there, there was no one was, especially at the beginning, no one was doing anything and I just needed a creative outlet. So I just kind of started making sketches and then they just, they kind of went viral and, and it was really lucky. I mean, I'm in a strange way thankful for the pandemic in terms of that. I mean, only in terms of that, but but yeah, it was just a great way to be creative daily and then just like still be acting and then and then networking and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's been quite a blessing. Absolutely. And I was going to tell you, thanks to you, I actually got back into acting on TikTok because I know that like I, I did some acting challenges like with another creator, Chris Barnett, who I had on the show. But I think you were the first person that I saw do a little duet thing. It was like the little pillow talk thing that you, uh, like, yeah. people could, yeah, could duet. And that was like the first time because I hadn't done any acting on TikTok until then. And I saw yours and I was like, you know what, this could be fun to add to. Why not? I mean, like there's, I didn't really have a a following. I still don't have a following, but I didn't have a following at the time. And I was just like, you know what, this could be fun. Didn't I was like, oh my God, I really miss acting. And so thanks to you, like it really brought me back into the acting world. That's great. Yeah. Especially like on TikTok. That's what I use my platform for now. So yeah, like if that didn't happen like I wouldn't be back to acting so thank you yeah with like little things like that when people tell me you know they've been having a a rough day or week and they say that like oh my video kind of made them smile that that's it for me like that's great that's all I'm looking for you know you mentioned that there were networking opportunities has that come out of you being on TikTok yeah thankfully I'm able to do like some branded content with some some companies which is great as well because i'm writing my own material for it i just did a bunch with kfc yeah it's that's like the most fun for me just to be able to like write sketches in a very specific form that has to get like cleared by people so you're it's really like specific it's great I, i i really enjoy doing that how can we move from this mentality of creating for likes and comments towards creating because we enjoy it? I know that there's a lot of people who 
like you said, this is their creative outlet. And but some for some others are like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not doing as well um, creating because I'm not getting that many likes or follows or whatever. So how do we go from that mentality towards like doing it because we love it? I think it's tough. And that's always something that I'm like still trying to work on is just like not caring how a video does or or how many likes or, or, or whatever it gets. I think the point is to just make content. If you stick to making content that you think is good or you think is funny or educational or whatever, then it doesn't really matter who's liking it or what. I mean, you know, how many people are liking it. If, if, if a few people are liking it, then it's great. And then, I don't know, my, I guess my advice would just be just put your head down and just make more. Because there was a time at the beginning of TikTok where I was making content that I thought was good and no one was watching it. And then finally people do like, you know, I, I, I guess I just always think like if you're good, people will find you. I don't think at least I'd like to think that there's not too many insanely skilled people that are just completely anonymous. You know, there's just so there's too many outlets that we have now to be seen where that would go unnoticed if someone is very skilled or someone is super smart or whatever it is, you know, I, I just think you'll be seen if you just don't stop. No, exactly. If you put in the work, if you put in the hustle, that's going to speak for itself because you have people who, what they consider, I guess, low effort content or whatever, which guilty, I'm guilty of it too. Cause some days I'll be like, Oh, I don't want to do a clothing transition or I don't want to do, you know, put so much effort into it. So I'll like do a lip sync or whatever. But then you have people who are doing all those crazy edits or those crazy things to get attention and it will like, but like you said, like if you do the work, it'll speak for itself. That's the hardest part of it too, is that like creating on days where you just don't feel like it that separates people is that um the big creators are always creating whether they feel like it or not that's the hard part do you have any pet peeves in acting whether it be like something about the industry or maybe something that actors do do you have a pet peeve in acting? <laughs> i don't know if i have any pet peeves about the industry i mean there's certain aspects of the industry that upset me but I, I don't know if I have any pet peeves off the top of my head maybe it's getting to set and people not knowing what they're doing or not being prepared preparedness is a big thing for me because I always just try to be so prepared for everything so if I come to set and people aren't that's a bit of a pet peeve but again like I don't know I just always give the people the benefit of the doubt they're like they're doing their best you know I don't know <laughs> they showed up today I just like, try to always be as friendly as possible on set right interesting you, you let's unpack that what upsets you about uh, the industry I just personally know a lot of people that are super talented and this industry is just so oversaturated by just people trying to make it and unfortunately, a lot of them won't. But the problem is that a lot of people that shouldn't be trying to do this are blocking out a lot of people that really are talented because there's just too many people to be seen. But that's not really the industry's fault. It's just, you know, everyone wants to be an actor and that's not anyone's fault. It's just a shame that I just there's just a lot of talented people that I know that I don't know, I, I hope. With, you know, with what we said before, that everyone just keeps going and they'll be seen because they're talented and stuff. Absolutely. 
Who's an actor that you would like to work with one day? Oh man, there's a bunch. I've been a huge Mark Wahlberg fan for a while. <clears throat> like his old, like Boogie Nights is my favorite movie. More so directors though. I would love to work with like Paul Thomas Anderson. Maybe like uh, Wes Anderson style is great. Quentin, he only has like a movie or two left, if that. But yeah, I, I, I like um, interesting styles like that. Like Paul Thomas Anderson or what's another actor who would I love to work with? I don't know anyone. Anyone that's just good and like pu would like push me. I don't know. Maybe like Leonardo DiCaprio. That'd be that'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah. I've always heard he's very in it on set. So that that sounds great to me. Anyone that would be really fun to work with. I like it. I like. They don't need we'll to be super festival. famous. I just want them to be, you know. Yeah, committed. Exactly. Right. There's the word. What is some advice that you would like to give to aspiring creatives out there? Probably what I said earlier, just try not to worry about the views and the, and the, and the comments and stuff like that. And just keep putting out as much content as you can all the time, but don't just put out content just to put out content. Try and try. That's the hard balance is try and put out as much content as you can, but content that you think is good don't just throw out stuff just to throw it out and then once you do hit a little bit of a stride try not to let people influence you because there's there's for the most part everyone is so nice on tiktok but there's always you know some some rude people and try not to that's a whole nother aspect of social media you know that's weird at the start yeah do you remember when you started like cultivating like a following, like when it kind of started building traction? Do you remember that? Yeah, when, when sure. It was strange, but it was exciting. Well, also, you know, you're doing it to, you are doing it to hopefully in the end gain a following of, of your content. So when it happens, it's not like you're shocked. I mean, cause that's what you've been trying to, do but I was just super grateful you know I still am yeah because it, it's giving us whenever opportunities aren't as accessible as they were in the past this has been giving us you know opportunity like you said to express ourselves to work on our craft continuously right and so yeah like it and you're grateful for that and you're grateful for anybody who's gonna watch it so yeah you're gonna notice it for sure well, I've enjoyed this chat so much. You actually were like one of my bucket list guests for this year. Oh, so I am so sweet. appreciative. I'm so appreciative that you spent some time with us. I'm going to turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listeners where to catch you on social media or if you have any projects in the works for us to look out on. I'm going to turn the floor over to you. All righty. Instagram and TikTok. It's at Sam Meyerson, uh, S-A-M-M-Y-E-R-S-O-N. Um stuff coming out i i was just in a show called um the wild west chronicles on insp that should be uh, coming out soon yeah and then i got some other stuff in the works but perhaps i'll save that for a later time but but yeah thank you so much for having me thank you for speaking with us it's been a pleasure 
Special thanks to Sam for being this episode's guest. What I really took away from our conversation is what he said about continuously posting, no matter the performance of the content. I really believe if we work hard and you enjoy what you do, that is going to be reflected and your audience is going to receive that. If you want to learn more about Sam, visit the links in our show notes. I want to say a special thanks to all the guests that have appeared on season eight. This has been truly a beautiful season to build. I've had such a wonderful time speaking to all of our guests from music to acting, just to everything in between. I've learned so much and I want to thank you, the listener. Without you listening to the show and supporting it, we would not have a season eight. And so I want to thank you for continuously listening to the show and I hope to see you in season nine. We're going to bring you more incredible conversations with these fellow creatives. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Steph Pham and V. Co. V. Co. serves as the show's creative director and Steph Pham serves as the show's host and editor. You can find us on social media at Popner Lounge. And for all things Popner Lounge in one convenient hub, visit us online at popnerlounge.com. That's it for this week's episode. We hope you tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm Steph Pham.